Hello, and welcome to On a Mission Podcast, where we aim to inspire and educate through sharing stories and experiences in the real estate industry. It's hosted by Dina Frank, a licensed realtor in the state of Minnesota at Remax Results, a Good Life Group, and Kelly Tankey, loan originator, NMLS 1599804 at Summit Mortgage Corporation, NMLS 1041. We started this podcast so we could share real stories from real people on their experiences in the real estate industry and break down barriers. We hope that by sharing these stories and experiences, it helps you feel more confident and comfortable when it comes to buying or selling. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, enjoy. And now let's get to this week's episode. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of On a Mission Podcast. I'm Dina Frank. And I'm Kelly Tinky. We're so excited for another episode, another round. We are. I feel like it's been like a weird schedule, but we'll we'll get there. It's been just a lot of shuffling around, mainly due to me, of course. Like (laughs) I Yeah, tell our listeners what what what's up, Dina? What's up in your life right now? What's going on that we've had to shuffle around our schedule for the podcast? So I'm going to start golf lessons this week over at Arbor Point, I believe, in Invergrove Heights. So Mm. Mm -hmm. Our regularly scheduled time um, had to be shifted, but yeah. We're still on. We're still on par. We're still getting it done. And we are going to shift like as another announcement. um, And hopefully they're like mowing in the background. So I don't know if we'll be able to hear this. Well, I, my dear, cannot hear anything. So I think you're okay. Um, So we are going to shift to putting the podcast out on Thursdays now, um, just kind of based on this reshuffled schedule. It will just give Mm -hmm. us a little bit of time to edit, post, get everything ready. And I feel like Thursdays are always a good day for podcasts anyway. Like also, you know, it's kind of winding down the week, but it's also a really good day to focus on real estate because there's always a lot of listings that come up on Thursdays and Fridays. So it kind of gets you in the mood. Beautiful. That reminds me that I will post something about this big announcement and our shift of this. So I'm jotting a note down for myself to get that done here in the next day or so. Perfect. Well, we're, thanks for sharing with our, you know, our listeners, I'm sure they appreciate our authenticity as it pertains to not only do we talk all on the professional side of what it means to purchase a home and be a first time home buyer or not a first time home buyer for that matter, but we like to piece in some of the fun personal things about ourselves and what makes me happy about you and picking up golf lessons is that selfishly that I get to go golfing with you <laughs> yeah hopefully I'll be able to hit the ball by the end of this that's my goal that's my only goal is to hit the ball from like an actual swing because I know how to putt like I can putt okay but I can't <laughs> I've never really been good at swinging a golf club so I love it keep your head um, down that's my my biggest tip of advice okay. keep your head down eye on the ball. It's easy to lift your head. Don't do it. Just like 
this. I feel like this is going to take me a long time, but I will get it. Perhaps have, it will. I have Perhaps five weeks of lessons to figure it out. So, and I can always <laughs> keep going too. So perfect. Well, now that that's out of the way, we want to today talk about something that we've kind of been seen in the market and it's, you know, we'll get into the market update full bore next week or in the next episode, but this kind of just talks about, or we wanted to talk about a little how buyers are, you know, they're working their butts off to try to buy a house right now because of the lack Mm -hmm. of inventory. And so there's a lot of multiple offers and, you know, it's like, oh, we have to write another offer. Like, should we wait? And it's this concept of, or this kind of phenomenon of buyer fatigue. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I'm working with buyers and we've looked at a hundred homes, we've submitted offers on 10 of them and we've lost out on all of them, you know? And so we keep looking, keep looking, keep looking. And so sometimes buyers can kind of just say like, you know, I don't, I don't want to keep offering like this is just too much. So we're going to, we're going to kind of piece out of the market. And Mm -hmm. so we just want to talk a little bit about like the mindset and the psychology and how it can impact, you know, the, the future of your buying. And like you were talking about Kelly, before we got started, like how financing kind of play into this. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a real thing. This buyer's fatigue. I love how you phrased that Dina. It is, it's a real thing. And when we talk about our market, um, our next episode, which will be the market update, you'll, you'll begin to understand as listeners, the reasonings behind like why that is, why that's happening, but it is not to fret or fear or like, let's just say strike fear in, um, in you as a future buyer, but more so just an educational standpoint, because that's the whole point of on a mission is to educate and, and inspire you as well. So, you know, I, I think if I might just dive in on the, uh, the financial side, or maybe it would actually make sense. Do you think it would actually make a little bit more sense to talk about the housing aspect first, like looking at homes sure, and then piece in? Yeah, sure. go ahead. Cause I'll, I think I'll be able to tie in a little bit better then. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. So from the housing side of things, you know, we're just in a really, we just have a lack of inventory. So, you know, buyers, there's a lot of prospective buyers out there who are currently renting and with everything going on, maybe you're working from home and you'd like your own space or, you know, now is just the time. Like you've been thinking about buying rates are low. So like now you're thinking now is a great opportunity. So, you know, you reach out to your network, find a realtor, find a lender and you start looking right. And it's like really exciting. You get the MLS like email sent to you every time a new property hits and you start going out and looking at houses. And by the time you get to the house, it's already got three offers and there are multiple offers and you need to submit an offer by five o'clock tonight. (laughs) And so you get really overwhelmed of like, Oh gosh, we really want this house. So, you know, we're submitting offers on your behalf. And what we're kind of seeing is after, you know, after three or four weeks of looking and putting in offers and 
you know, being really close, but maybe not getting, not winning out in multiple offers. We're seeing a lot of buyers just kind of say like, well, I'm either going to wait until the house has been on the market for a few days, or I'm just going to change my search altogether and look for something else. And I think, you know, it's just that you have to have this like marathon mentality of don't let a few kind of bumps in the path stop you from running the other, you know, 20 miles that you've still got left. Um, And I, I can see the frustration in buyers eyes and, you know, they don't want to offer, so much over list price just to get the house and then find out that it's not going to appraise or mm-hmm. they kind of feel like they have buyer's remorse because they should have kept looking. And, you know, what I've been seeing, especially, you know, with how hot the market has been is let's say you started looking in February of this year. So before COVID hit, right. The houses that closed in February are, you know, five to 10% less than what houses are closing for now. Like that's how quickly the prices are going up because Mm -hmm. everybody is offering higher, higher, higher. And so what's interesting to me or like what I've been thinking a lot about is, you know, I have a few buyers right now who are they have a little wiggle room in their budget, but they don't want to go up to the top of that. But at the same time, they're not finding anything they like even close to the top of their budget. Right. It's Mm -hmm. like, so by, so by not committing to something or not submitting an offer on something, somebody else is going to submit an offer on that home, which then is just going to continue to drive up the price. Yeah. So, Well, I think it's important to maybe take a step back when you need to and say like, what are my goals? What do I want out of a house? And if we have to recalibrate, we can recalibrate. Great word. Yeah. It's a really great word. Yeah. But also like recognize that if, you know, if you are bumping up against a certain timeline of something, like we just have to be more strategic in the offer we're making, you know? And so sometimes that means a shorter inspection period. Sometimes that means, you know, more earnest money, things that aren't necessarily going to cost you more money. I'm putting that in astro or in quotations, cost you more money in the form of purchase price. Yeah. Closing costs, stuff like that. So sure. Yeah. So talk about it from the financing side. You know, if people are getting buyer's fatigue, like what are some tips and tricks and like mindset stuff that kind of we can, you know, work through them, work through? Well, I think there was one other point that we had talked about before we started um, recording that, and maybe you did mention it and I just did not hear it, but talk a little bit too about maybe there are homes that they had gone to see Oh yes. Yeah. I I did not come back. Okay. good. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that is the other point. So obviously some of these houses are flying off the market really fast and maybe the person who won the offer 
got cold feet or during the inspection period, they found another house that they liked, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you've already looked at that house and it wasn't multiple offers, but maybe it's back on the market. Or maybe there was a house that you were looking at that was kind of at the top of your price range. And it was like, oh gosh, we're never going to get this house because we're going to have to go well above and beyond because it's going to be a multiple offers. Maybe everyone was feeling that way. And so it's just sat on the market and now they've taken a price decline. So kind of, kind of re reassessing the homes that you've either already gone and looked at, or even the homes that in your MLS search, you've put in the garbage can because at first they didn't seem appealing to you. Like, I think if you just look at it from the larger picture of the entire buyer pool of who's looking at those homes, like you may actually find a diamond in the rough or a Mm -hmm. home that, you know, you, you know, maybe it was one out of 20, you looked in a weekend and it wasn't a top contender at that time because you saw other homes and you couldn't remember which one you really loved. Maybe, you know, just making sure you're going back and kind of re-looking at things you've already seen to see if there's something still there that might be a good fit for you. And I think that's a really great way to get something that you can really grow into and love as opposed to, you know, if it's staged nice, that's great. But are you going to buy the furniture with it? You know, right? <laughs> like kind of seeing beyond the, the prettiness of the home and really deciding what are your priorities when you're buying a home. I think that can really help shift your mindset during this crazy, mm-hmm. crazy time as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the beauty of the, you know, the, um, MLS and how it is structured is being able to get back in there and review some of those ones that maybe, <clears throat> and I'm going off of memory. I know that things have probably changed pretty dramatically with MLS and how it's structured. But when I was, you know, in this pool of buyers back in 2017, I, um, I just remember that there, I had the option to like, like it, love it, or like, no, I don't want to. So, I mean, there were quite a few and I was just one of those, those buyers that I was working in a very tight timeframe. And, um, I hammered out like, (laughs) 20 to 30 different showings and two weekends. Okay. Yep. So I wasn't messing around. Um, and that's just, you know, like I'm, I'm probably one of those rare circumstances where my, my agent was like, cool, lots of showings. Let's try to hammer through like, and I said, yeah, we're going to, but you know, I could always have gone back. And so I think that it's important for the listeners to understand that once they do get set up on that MLS listing, you can always go back to the ones that you were like, well, maybe, you know, and, and it's important that it does align with your goals. Let's just be very straightforward about that. It has to align with what you are looking for in a home, but maybe like, you're never going to find your perfect home. There's going right. to be trade-offs for every single place that you go and you view. Um, so, you know, c- going back to some of those other ones where it was like, there was appeal, there was definitely appeal can I overlook these other said things in this moment? So, you know, it's, it's, 
it's all about the, I guess, give and take. And in this market right now, there just has to be a little bit more give and take, but at least, at least you have the resources there in front of you that you can control. Um, and then let's talk about the finances because there, you know, at, at times there are things that you can't control, like what are your debts that are coming in off of the credit report? So as a foundation and just a quick and friendly reminder, when I am meeting with, you know, you as the buyer and going through the mortgage application, the second that I pull credit, um, and we get that mortgage and credit approval for your for you as the buyer, that is good for 120 days, which equates to four months, about four months. So that's four months of, you know, really allowing yourself enough time to find a place. Now that could be shortened or that could be prolonged depending on the circumstance. But say you do have that amount of time, what are the things if we're in this market right now, what are the things that we could potentially start to look at, adjust, revise. If you've got the time and say you do have the resources, can we put more towards your down payment? Yep. And strengthen this pre-approval so that when the listing agent and the sellers are looking at your offer, they're like, instead of 10% down, it's 15% down. Exactly. Or do we take a closer look at what are the debts that you have currently right now? And do you have some money that you could delegate towards that? Because the less debt that you have, the more we have to push up for your pre-approval amount. And now you're into a little, maybe a little bit different bracket of what the houses look like for you. And I think that is, that's a potentially (laughs) huge one because while you're looking at these houses and maybe you're losing out on these offers, I think that's a great point. Like if there's you know, any wiggle room in your budget to start paying off some of the debt you might have, like, then we can look at homes that you didn't think were in your realm of possibility. A few other things. Can we, um, can we take a closer look at what, what you can pay out of pocket for your monthly mortgage? Can you go up a little bit? Right. Do you feel comfortable going up a little bit? You know, and that's, that's where the advising really comes in. And that's what, you know, my goal is like, call me a loan officer, call me a mortgage originator, whatever you want to call it. I'm really here to help advise you along the way while also aligning with what your goals are for the, this upcoming home purchase. So, you know, that, that's another option, but what about, and I realize that this is, this is, an idea that may not be truly feasible for a lot of people out there, but it, it should be said, what could we do in terms of a gift amount? Do you have a family member that could gift you money towards this down payment? And when I say gift, like maybe you guys, people get hung up on the whole gift amount and like maybe it is eventually going to get paid back keep it like you do what you need to on the back end that's fine by all means it just means it's a gift letter and we don't have to hit you with a monthly payment for that amount yeah 
whatever that amount is, right? So that's always an option too, you know, like look at the resources around you outside of what you're dealing with right now with your real estate agent and your mortgage lender. Do you have, a, do you have the resources in terms of family um, that could help contribute towards this and right. just put you into a little bit better position so that it does align with your goals? for the upcoming home purchase. So those are just a few things that I like off the top of my head, I can think of that are going to really help put somebody in in a little bit better position within, you know, these four months that we're working with really with that credit approval, credit approval and pre-approval. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think a lot of people like, so the way we purchased our first house and the way we purchased our second home is very, I'll say unique or different than what what I think most people do. Like I have a very set idea in my head and I don't look at a place until I know that that's the house. So like, you know, when we bought our first house, I think we looked at four houses, but the house that I originally wanted is the house that we bought. But yeah, because I know like, that's just whatever I'm unique that way (laughs) but I think I think where people you know sometimes get that fatigue or the like oh I I just don't want to buy a house anymore is you know you go out three weekends in a row and are looking at a bunch of houses and it's like you start to everything starts to kind of look the same and so, or, you know, it's hard to remember like, oh yeah, I like this house. I like this house. So I would just encourage people to take notes or take pictures or take a little bit of time at the end of the, you know, day of, of touring homes of kind of recapping, like what were the highlights? What were the lowlights? Like which houses, you know, do we think we want to move forward on? And if all of those houses are in multiple offers, you know, we were talking about this at our meeting yesterday you know, sometimes just writing the offer to see, you know, what that feels like is a good way to get used to the idea of buying a house. So even Mm -hmm. if you know, like, okay, like we're just not strong enough in our offer yet, like you kind of learn the ins and outs of what a good offer is, what a better offer is, what the best Mm -hmm. offer is. And then you can really feel comfortable with what you're purchasing as opposed to, you know, not writing on anything. And then all of a sudden, like you write an offer and you're like, what did we just do? You know, like, gosh, what did we just get ourselves into? And I think that experience of, you know, losing out on some homes is not necessarily a bad one. Like it feels, it feels heartbreaking when it happens, but also you know that like somebody else has probably written just as many offers as you. And this was their lucky day. You know, they've, they've gotten to the point of being, you know, so aggressive that that's how they want it. And so I think just kind of keeping that in mind and understanding, like, and we say this all the time in this industry and people, I know it can be hard to believe, but the right house will pop up. Like, yeah, it always does. And you literally took the words right out of my mouth. That's all I want. Like, as you were talking, I'm like, but what they need to know and understand is that everything is happening for a reason. Truly, 
truly, truly. And yep. that it might mean that the next house that you go and you tour through and decide to put an offer on is the one for you. And there's exactly. a reason that that's the one for you. It all aligns the way that it is supposed to. And so just really trust in that process as well. It, it might seem frustrating, but the whole point in this podcast, this specific episode was to talk through what your options are going to look like so that you don't feel so much of the fatigue going out and looking at homes. I, Dina, uh, and I apologize. I, I totally interrupted. No, you did. I have one other thing. To, I have one other thing that I think might, um, you know, it's just an option. But what if you as the buyer, what if you changed your your mentality of the location? Does it have to be? Because there could be times where people get very specific and that's okay. Get very specific about a location that they want to be in. And that could have been working for a time period, right? But if you're starting to feel this just, again, fatigue in the process, what about opening up other options, other doors, other locations, other areas? Because, you know, maybe the homes that you're looking at are like putting you in a position where you don't have as much leverage. The property taxes are super high. So that's playing into your debt to income ratio. And, you know, now you're at the tippy top point of your budget. Whereas maybe, and I and like the, the best example, and we've talked about this on previous podcasts mm-hmm. is Edina versus Richfield. Right. Property tax location, you know, property taxes are going to be higher in Edina, not as quite, not quite as high in Richfield. And is that, or could that be another option location-wise? Could it be? Could your future home be just the next neighboring city over? I don't know, but it's an option if you want it. If you truly are at a point where you're so willing to like find something for yourself, again, within your means, within your goals, within your budget, could that be an option? Exactly. Yeah. It could be. I love that you said that. And I'm so glad that you said that because I think that is a very true example of, you know, I've had buyers myself and I know you have too of like, they get so set on one neighborhood or like one area, but as soon as we open it up, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, like I can get so much more house. You're like, oh, you know, I finally found the neighborhood that I love and What I would encourage people to do if, you know, you're starting to consider that is just go drive around for a little bit. You know, if you've been looking at houses specifically in Edina, like just jump right over to Richfield and say, okay, can I see myself living here? And then make that Mm -hmm. decision. Because I think people get so hung up on what they think is the ideal location But in reality, they haven't, you know, taken the time or consideration of the town next door because, you know, well, all my friends live in Edina. And it's like, yeah, but if you're still within walking or bike riding (laughs) distance, like, does it, you know, is that a a big enough, you know, hindrance to to not do that? So I'm so glad you said that. I think that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think too, like, we talk about this all the time, but just have the conversation with your agent and lender of like, you know, I'm, 
you know, we're having a hard time because of XYZ thing. And we can help you work through those issues that you're having of for sure. Maybe it is a location thing. Maybe it is paying off some debt. Maybe it is, you know, waiting two or three months until, you know, kind of the next real estate cycle happens, you know, just kind Mm -hmm. of working through those those hurdles and figuring out a plan to move forward instead of just kind of like washing your hands of it and being done. I think that's really, you know, what we always advocate for and what we, you know, coach our clients on is to really, let's just have a conversation. Like we're not, we're not salespeople in the like, okay, like we need to get you into house as soon as possible so that you're off my plate. It's, no, we want to advocate and do what's right for mm-hmm. you and make sure that you're comfortable in whatever you decide. Advocate and advise. Advocate exactly. and advise. I had a few other things that I wanted to touch on, if that's okay. Yeah, for sure. So going back to the point, and I, I forget which episode it was that we talked about this, but I think it was just a few episodes ago, actually. Um, the 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 strength in team right yeah strength in team and being um working with local lender local like obviously you're gonna be working with a local real estate agent but we because of the length of time that we have been in the business have the capability of being able to have pretty straightforward conversations with the listing agent Mm-hmm. engage what it could look like. And that could make a huge difference too in this process. It yes. really could. It really yeah. could because, you know, we, I mean, Dina, you're, you're on list and buy side. So you know a ton of agents and have talked to multiple agents as, you know, coming from the listing agent perspective. And, um, you know, now uh, obviously on the buy side too and, the fact that there are multiple agents that I do work with that gives us a leverage standpoint. It does because if you've built relationships with other lenders, other um, agents too, then you can go into that conversation with full confidence and ease for the buyer and just say, listen, this is a dynamic team here. We've got a lot to offer. (laughs) And here's what we have to offer. And that is going to significantly help increase your opportunity and your chances and the likelihood of your offer being accepted. It is. Yeah. And I love doing it. I love it. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of, you know, a lot of agents and lenders, like it is kind of that, like hard to talk about thing, but it's like, if I know the agent and you know, the agent, like, it is going to be helpful. Like it is going to help you or even, you know, just having that reputation of being an easy agent to work with or an easy lender to work with Mm -hmm. is just going to help that much more. So definitely knowing that team and knowing their power within the industry Mm -hmm. is definitely going to be advantageous to you as a buyer for sure. Yeah. I think I lost my other train of thought. I 
got so cued in on that that component that I lost my train of thought. That's okay. okay. We can, we'll pick it up on the next one because the next episode, like we said, will be a market update. So maybe we can Mm -hmm. tie whatever you were thinking into that. So sure. That sounds good. Perfect. All right. Well, with that, we hope you guys enjoyed. And if you have any questions, always feel free to reach out to us. We're always around and available to help. (laughs) And until next time. bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to On a Mission, where our goal is to educate and inspire. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us to help spread the message. It takes 30 seconds to rate and review, then share this episode with your friends. Let's spread the love. Until the next episode, cheers to your mission.